Coming up, we're talking NFL Week 7 Recap, Week 8 Picks. Uh, we got Fury versus uh, Naganu or Nagano uh, going on probably right now uh, because it's in uh, Saudi Arabia. And we're going to talk a little bit of uh, NBA through the first uh, couple of games. So that's what's going to happen. DLS Central starts now. Welcome to another episode of DLS Central. I'm Damon, and we're going to get right into it. NFL Week 7, it was pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I feel bad. The way the season has been going, I feel bad for, for people who are betting money on these games because, like, you never – it's one of those seasons where it's really unpredictable. You don't really know what to make of things because the good teams are losing to teams that they probably shouldn't lose to um, and – and or they they win, but it's closer than it should be. And you you think some one team's a lock, and then they just get totally annihilated uh, unexpectedly. So it's a it's a tough season for betters, uh, but it's it's pretty exciting for NFL fans. It, there are some teams that are starting to pull away, and like if you look at the Chiefs. That AFC West is pretty much locked up already. Like nobody's <laughs> at six and one. Nobody's catching them in that division unless the Chiefs fall off a cliff, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, but I mean, you never know. But by all intents and purposes, a lot would have to happen for the Chiefs to lose ground in the AFC West. Now, I don't know if they're the best team in football, but they're definitely coming out of their division and they're still going to be formidable. Um, and they're, they're the Super Bowl champs for a reason. And they still probably are favorites to, uh, to go back to the Super Bowl. So, but getting into it, I know last week, starting with Thursday, the Jaguars beat the Saints in a, in a weird game. I can't remember if I had the Jags or the Saints on that one. I think it was probably the Jags. Uh, because of the injury stuff going on with New Orleans. Uh, and the Jacks took care of business. They played a pretty solid game. Um, even with Trevor Lawrence playing a little injured, they still managed to take care of things and beat the Saints, even though the Saints had a a, a, a resurgent fourth quarter. They scored 15 points in the, in, the, uh, in the fourth to try and make it a game. But the Saints closed the door and uh, were resilient. And so they came out with well, the, the Jags closed the door and were resilient. So they came out with the win. And then on Sunday, you got Bears beating the Raiders. I didn't see that one coming. Uh, even with the Raiders, um, I guess both teams having a, a backup quarterback, I didn't see the rookie <laughs> Tyson Badgett. Uh, doing some great things. He hit. He threw three touchdowns on that Raiders defense, uh, which says something about the Raiders defense. But, I mean, those are three. Well, he didn't throw three DDs, but he had three TD drives. Uh, but he was pretty solid. He didn't lose the game for them. He, you know, he made some plays. And 
got to give hats off to uh you know to the bears they they they're fighting back through some through some adversity i mean justin fields is is out because he injured his thumb in the last game and the bears aren't they're they're not going to back down just because this probably isn't going to be their year but it seems like they show some fight and that's what you want to see the other games are just that that they've had uh recently it just didn't seem like they like they really cared out there, um, but they're starting to show a little bit of backbone. And now they see, you know, you look up, they're two and five, and so they're, they're still not winning that division. But at least they they have a win. They have some wins to look to look to, and uh, and there's some things that they can see. Say, hey, we are doing some things well, and so hopefully that gives them a little bit of confidence uh, moving forward. Browns, Colts, my team. And, and this is what I was talking about. I was frustrated. And I told and I, I said on the pile last week, I was we we beat San Francisco in that improbable game and everybody was they, they were giving us our flowers. Best defense in the league, this and that, you know, and one guy was like, Do you believe now? You know, and they almost lost to the Colts. <laughs> Now I get it. I get it. Uh, you know, they're playing, they're sticking with their uh, PJ Walker because Deshaun's got some uh some injuries stuff going on and people were questioning Deshaun's um heart and, and desire to play. And of course he responded by saying, Hey, I worked, you know, I worked hard for two years to get back here. Of course I wouldn't play, but it's just there's some weird stuff going on there going on there. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And it just there there something smells with the whole Deshaun thing. But the main thing is the Browns won, but they won by the skin of their teeth. This game was was back and forth scoring. 30 39 to 38. Um Colts, they jumped out like early. Browns had a great second quarter, scoring 20 points, but the Colts, they just kept scoring. They scored once a quarter at least, and then they made it a game uh, at the end of the fourth, but Browns figured out a way to 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 uh to score last minute to win the game based on Kareem Hunt, but I mean, Gardner Minshew hit got 305 yards on them. They were they were moving the ball, they were scoring, and I was just looking at this like every checking at the score, especially when the Colts took the lead sometimes, and I was like, oh, here we go. Here, here go, here goes the talk about my Browns. It's like they go, they they had a great game against San Francisco, and now uh they're they're gonna not be consistent and end up losing to the Colts. Who are three and four right now? But I mean, they're they're playing a backup too. This is like backup quarterback season. But Gardner had a good game, pretty much against the Browns. But yeah, this was it. It was a frustrating game. Even though my Browns won it, I just felt like this was a, a statement game where they they could have shut down like the Colts, but like they did the the uh, the Niners. But it just they 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 just gotta be more consistent. They won. They're four and two, but that was not a a win that I felt good about, and it, it's concerning 
going into this Sunday. So we'll see how it goes. I know Miles Garrett was awesome as usual, but man, our defense, they to give up 38 to the Colts, that's not necessarily that great. Now, the shocker, one of the shockers was the Patriots beating the Bills at home. I thought that the Bills were going to run wild on the Patriots and Matt Jones decided to show up and play some pretty good football. And uh, didn't make any mistakes. Had almost had 300 yards passing, two touchdowns. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott got into the game. Buffalo, they they were they were doing some things, but the Patriots they came to play. And again, this Buffalo sloppiness showed up. And I started at the beginning of the season. I was I still looked at them as a good team, and. I mean, they're they're not they're not definitely not great, but I don't know if they're necessarily good. I think that they're probably above average, but they're not they're not really a good team. Especially when you look at their offense, like the the type of plays that they run, the decisions that they make. If Josh Allen isn't creating plays with his feet, and he has to rely on the receivers. It's it's really hit and miss. It's kind of clogged toilety uh, <laughs> when it comes to like how the outcomes are, and uh, the bills bills are are um, they they get their offense gets stuck in the mud at times. And defensively, you can do things to exploit them. So something to 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 think about when it comes to the bills. They're they're probably still gonna be in the playoffs. But man, these are ugly games that they're playing in, and it seems like they're really struggling. Like they could probably use a an additional offensive weapon, maybe like another receiver or something that will really help space things out. But they, they one thing they also need to do is get some separation. Diggs, I think Diggs is a good wide receiver, but he's not a great wide receiver. Um, it's not something where. Um, where he's just he's impossible to stop and he's just he makes you he's he's scary <laughs> on the football field. He's good. You do need to account for Stefan Diggs, but he's not scary like a Tyreek Hill uh would be. And uh that's something to to be said. Giants Commanders. This was an ugly game. Giants figured out a way to to uh to close it out. And beat the Commanders, and uh, one of the football players uh, at the end of the game, I think his name was uh, I can't remember what his name was. I think it was Jonathan something. He was really mad and was like, "Man, I'm sick of losing." And I'm like, "It's the Commanders. It's not like y'all have a whole lot to work with." Um, and the fact that they have three wins is to me a miracle. Like they're not supposed to have as many wins as they as they do have at this stage of the game. Um, but I mean, to complain to me, I just it's a head scratcher. But the Giants they really needed that win because they were floundering big time, and they're still not out of the woods yet. But this was a at least a better showing from the Giants. Their defense, I I do think that their defense is is better than their offense. Um, because they they come to play and they they really make it tough on teams, unless teams just know how to exploit that defense. 
But yeah, hats off to the Giants. Big win at home. Um, their Daniel Jones is still out um, because I know he had a neck uh, issue. And I, if if I was the Giants, I wouldn't rush him back. They probably. I know uh, they're saying that he's feeling better, and uh, even though he's still doubtful, if it because he's they paid him and he's probably going to be the quarterback for a while. I would just shut him down, let Tyrod run the run the uh, the QB spot for the season, because uh, it's also helping him look good for other teams potentially. He had two touchdowns and you know two two seventy nine passing didn't look like through an interception, so he was solid. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't rush Daniel Jones back. Matter of fact, I'll probably just shut him down, especially when it comes to a neck. You want to make sure that neck is all the way right. It's not like they're playing that that they're realistically going to make the playoffs the way things are looking. So why why risk him coming back into a situation where he could get re-injured uh in a in a season where you're probably out of it. So that that's my two cents on that. <laughs> Falcons Buccaneers Falcons finally won one of these crazy, silly, up in the air, ugly games, and they they really did need that. I know that NFC South is a little bit more competitive now uh, with the Falcons, Bucks, and the Saints, and so the Falcons. I think the Falcons have pole position at the moment to where they uh, they're in the lead, and if they continue, if they can can put uh, together a string of a string of wins then they can probably win this division. But um, again, Ritter, Ritter is is probably not the answer for them with the Falcons. And so if you're Atlanta, you you may be trying to like, if there's a a quarterback that comes available or if there's someone you can level up uh, from a, a scouting standpoint, Maybe a free agent or, or even, a, even somebody that's going, going into the draft. The Falcons may want to look in like the second round or third round, uh, for a quarterback to develop, uh, because Ritter's not it. Ritter's not it. And I wouldn't, it's like you, you can't trust him in, in games. So uh, I think the Falcons, they probably need to move on, but the hard part is, the, their options are limited in regards to who that they can realistically grab, but they got to do something because Desmond's going to mess it up for them. And I mean, Baker, Baker's fighting. I, I don't, I don't mind Baker in Tampa Bay. I think Baker uh, gives them some, some grit and some attitude because they're in a lot of these games. The Buccaneers are, they just happen to come up short with this one and, and, you just you, you did you got subpar Baker in this game. He made some plays. He's gonna make some plays, but he can't always. The the problem with Baker is he can't always win the game for you when you need it. Like he when it when the crunch time is there and you're counting on him to do something, he just can't make it happen. And that's I think that's probably going to be the thing uh, that defines his career in a sense where it's like he he's manageable, you know, he can do some great things. He has flashes of greatness, but when you really need him, when you really have to count on him to win the game, he just doesn't come through. And hopefully Baker proves me wrong, but so far that's looking like Baker Mayfield's story. 
he he's not he's not a terrible quarterback, but he's also not great either. Uh, I will put him in the middle of the road average, uh, you know, tier at this stage of the game. Another unexpected outcome last week was Ravens Lions. Like I, I thought the Lions were going to compete. <laughs> I thought the Lions were going to do something. They got totally outclassed in this game, thirty-eight to six. Ravens put a whooping on them at home. Now there was some talk uh, by many people about the fact that uh, there were a whole there were uh, the Ravens were holding the Lions a lot. And those penalties weren't called. And while there may be some truth to that, I mean, you still got to find ways to to get stops. You still got to find ways to get in the end zone. And it just looked like the Ravens had the Lions number and the Lions just had no answers for Lamar and, uh, you know, anybody else (laughs) on that team. Now, when it comes to I know there was talk that. I think last week or the week before last, where he was like, "Oh, it was a great game by Lamar." I'm like, "It was okay, but there we've seen him have great games. This was one of those great games. I mean, he was he was perfect. He he threw three touchdowns, 357 yards uh, passing. I know he was running too, uh, making plays with his with his arm and his legs." He had full control of the offense, and they're they're rolling on all cylinders right now in Baltimore. Baltimore is definitely leading the AOC North at five and two, but the Browns are on their heels at four and two. Uh, the Bengals are on their heels too. The Bengals are playing much better than I thought they were. That uh, they, they 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 snapped out of whatever stupor that they were in, and they they started peeling off a couple wins. So. Uh, go go uh Bengals <clears throat> congratulations uh it's a I think it's uh and, and of course the Steelers are in there too at four and two how the Steelers are winning is just beyond me uh, but they find ways to win but yeah but Ravens they're definitely in the lead but it, it's a tight it's a tough division and that AOC North, everybody's good this year, which is a wonderful blessing. I, I like it when our division is good. Of course, I want my Browns to win it, but it, it's good when everybody uh, is, is playing at a high level. Speaking of the Steelers, uh, they they stole one. <laughs> they stole one in LA, uh, twenty four to seventeen. That fourth quarter, that's when they turn it up and. They, uh, I was listening to a uh, Lombardi line and, uh, no, 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 it was, yeah, I was, I listened to Lombardi line, but also was listening to Bill Simmons and, uh, and they were talking about how, like, the, the Steelers kind of lull you to sleep a little bit and then they just turn it on in, in the last, uh, quarter or something, like, okay, now let's run our real offense. And they just, they find ways to hang, to hang around in these games and, and they wait for you to take the game over. And it's like, and if you don't do it, then the Steelers will be like, okay, well, I'll take it then. And for this one, this will be a game where the, where the, uh, the Rams, they look at it and say, man, we let that one get away because they should have beaten the Steelers. I think the Rams probably have a better team overall than the Steelers, but the Steelers, I mean, great coaching. Tomlin is is awesome, and 
they they've managed to to take one away, to take one out of the hands of the Rams. So now Steelers are four and two. Rams are three or four, but I think their Rams are a surprising three or four because coming into the season, not many people were expecting much. And so Rams are still, despite their record and the loss, playing better uh, than than advertised or projected, rather. Uh, Seahawks, they beat the Cardinals. I, I knew this one was going to happen, but, uh, you know, Cardinals, Cardinals made it a game. In the first half, but then they just kind of, they fell off a cliff and couldn't get anything else going in the second. Seahawks they they got a couple field goals, but most of the the damage was done in the first half, and the Seahawks just found ways to to pull away slowly but surely. And uh, this isn't isn't Arizona's year, but I they they are coming out and competing. It's not like they're just laying down; they're playing hard. Another surprising one, the Broncos still won from the Packers. <laughs> Russell Wilson got a touchdown, 194 yards passing. The, the, the Broncos found a way to, to, to stay in the game. Uh, they took the Packers' uh, surge in the second half and managed to hold on. And So now they're 2-5, and five and I, I'm, I'm actually really happy that the Broncos won because, I mean, everybody's just been throwing dirt on them, and for good reason, because they still are one of the more terrible teams in the league. But it's just I, being being from a city where we've dealt with a lot of terrible, uh, when, 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 he, when the team gets wins like that and they're struggling, I'm, I'm happy for them because I've been there. Well, our team, my Browns have been there. So I can relate. I can sympathize. Uh, so, but I, I'm happy that Russ got a win and that the team got a win. So that's cool. Now, another game that was pretty good was, uh, Eagles Dolphins and we, we learned that there is a gap between these two teams. The Eagles, the Eagles were were controlling the game, like it, and there never came a time where I felt like the Dolphins had control. It looked like the Eagles were could do whatever they wanted to do uh, with them, and they they really dominated the Dolphins. And um, and so if they were to play in the Super Bowl, then I would say the advantage goes to the Eagles. Um, now, Jalen Hurts, he's definitely not 100 uh, percent. He's got a leg issue uh, that he's working through, fighting through. And so I think that's going to potentially impact things. But we shall see. But great showing by the Eagles. I think it was, it was a great Sunday night game. I like that. That that was pretty fun, and so uh, I'm happy for uh, the the Eagles. They're 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 six and one. They're still gettable. They they're not playing their best ball, um, but this was a better showing for them, uh, especially uh, coming off some shakiness uh, in in a lot of these games that they've been playing. Chargers Chiefs Chiefs. Same same score. <laughs> they beat the Chargers. Uh, same score. The Eagles beat the Dolphins, thirty-one to seventeen. Uh, Mahomes doing Mahomes things. Might have four TDs. Kelsey out here running wild. Taylor Swift's in the stands. The the Charger, uh, the the Charger lady was in the stands, uh, and it, it was an electric game. Uh, it was an electrifying game. Chiefs again. 
uh, were controlling the game pretty much. Uh, the second quarter had a, had the most fireworks because the Chiefs scored 21 points, Chargers scored 14. So it was, there were a lot of times you saw five touchdowns in that second quarter between the two teams, and, and that's exciting. Uh, but Chiefs, again, they they – they have a much better team than the Chargers do, and they just they know how to control the tempo and pace of the game. The defense is, is flexible; they bend, but they don't break. They will allow some things, but when when uh when the game gets tight, uh the that defense knows how to hold. So, uh, the Chiefs they're still rolling; they're six and one. But again, I just I don't feel like they're the best team in the league. And we probably will see more of that as uh, as the game as the uh, the season goes along. And finally, the Monday Night Football game. This was another shocker. The Vikings take down the Niners. My goodness, <laughs> uh, Purdy throws two interceptions in the fourth quarter, and but even with those, it's just the Niners. I would say the Niners never had control of the game either. Like they, they were playing sloppy football all game, and the and they took the Vikings for granted. I think they underestimated what the what the Vikes could do, and they paid the price. So the Vikings showed them that they're still trying to compete. They're three and four now, um, and they're they're trying to at least continue to fight and try to uh, compete with the Lions in that division. So I would say the race. To to uh, who would win the division is probably going to be Detroit or Minnesota. So this is a development to keep our eyes on. I still think they should have traded Kirk Cousins. I still think I, mean, I know they have the no trade clause and everything, and you know and he's got a his family. And I gave this big soliloquy last week about you know the human element of this, and there is a human element, but there. I don't believe that they're going to win with with Kirk Cousins either. And so it's just, what do you do? What do you do? That's what makes this thing tough. It's not an easy answer, especially when he's negotiated to where he has a no trade clause and he's in control of whether he can waive it or not. I mean, I just, man, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. If you're the Vikings, if he wants to stay, he's gonna say he he then he's gonna stay. But until I guess you renegotiate, uh, you know the contract. But at what cost to your team? Unless they give somebody, unless they get somebody uh, spectacular to pair up with Justin Jefferson, um, or they get a really dynamic running back, or they uh, they enhance their defense. They're not. They're not seriously going to win the the, uh, the Super Bowl or anything, or make it to the Super Bowl. I don't think they would. Uh, that they that they'd be able to probably make it to the second round of the playoffs, realistically. So it's just what are you doing? And I think that's the that's the drawback of a no trade clause is that if you're um, and this is what uh, Lombardi said on, on his podcast on Thursday. He was saying that, you know, the problem is when you overpay for a player 
<laughs> and you and you're still not good enough, like that's a problem. And and I think that rings true. It's like you gave you know, you gave Kirk Cousins the, the security contract and he's got the no trade clause, but that team still isn't good enough to win to win it all. And so and and because of that you're kind of stuck. And but the main thing is now it's, it has to deal with uh you have to deal with scouting and, and trying to build top tier pieces around him. So if 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 he if you can't trade him, then you're gonna have to enhance the team in other ways. You're gonna have to strengthen that offensive line. You're gonna have to get a, a dynamic running back. You're going to have to to enhance your defense even more. Like there are other things that they're gonna have to do to make them rock solid so that they can they can compete with Detroit, beat Detroit and beat it um beat some of the top tier teams in the league. Now, I think they played they they had a good show against the Niners, um, but I just think the Niners were asleep at the wheel. Uh but I, if we run that game back again, I just I wonder if the Vikings could beat the Niners twice. But we shall see. This was it was a good win for the Vikings, but going forward, I just it just doesn't feel like like uh, like they're they're seriously contenders for a title, and so that is the recap for week seven. When we come back, we'll do week eight picks. Check out my new book, My Daddy Taught Me. That's right, that's right. That's the new children's book that I have out. And it's a really cool story about uh, two boys that are going through a day of school. And uh, one kid named Caleb, he's doing some great things and, and having a great day. And his friend Jason's like, man, how'd you learn all this stuff? How can you do all the things you do? And his answer was simple. My daddy taught me. So pick it up on Amazon. Uh, you can pick it up also on my website. Uh, the link to both is in the description. And... I know that you and your children will enjoy it. Pick up a copy of My Daddy Taught Me today. All right. So week eight picks Thursday night football uh, that happened uh, this past Thursday. Today, Saturday, uh, <laughs> but Thursday night football. Bills, I picked the Bills uh, to win this. I posted on IG uh, my picks. And I, I picked the Bills to win, and they won this game. Uh, but honestly, watching a, you know, a, good pe- a good portion of it, it could have went either way because the Buccaneers were, uh, were really giving them a challenge. Uh, but the Bills just, they found a way to eke it out. And there is a scenario where where the Buccaneers like they win that game if if one of the uh if the one of their receivers just looks up because the ball like Baker threw the ball and it bounced right right in front of the Bucks receiver. And so if he just would have been a little bit more aware, that would have been a catch and that would have been a touchdown and the Bucks probably would have won that game or they probably would have missed the extra point and we went to overtime. You never know what's gonna happen to overtime. But it just it feels that the Bills escaped rather than one and uh again it goes back to what you know what i've been saying is just 
there's something off with the Bills and their offense. They they have flashes of running on all cylinders, and then they just kind of get stuck and and their defense isn't isn't good enough to kind of like just shut down teams. And so lately, these teams, a lot of the teams that they've been playing, they just is is been a dogfight. Uh, now the Bills they won, and so a win's a win. They, they're five and three, and they're still they're they're still um, you know really heavily compete with Miami. Uh, for that division title, but yeah, the, there's, the Bills definitely don't look like the juggernaut um, that they did, I would probably say, last year or the year before last, but a good win, a good game. It was very competitive, and that, that's what you want to see, and if you're a Buccaneers fan, even though you lost, even even though they lost the game, you, you can't be mad at the effort that the books gave. They really did fight hard and um they they made a lot of good plays, a lot of good stuff happen uh buccaneer wise in that game. It's just you know, the Bills just found a way to eke it out. That third quarter, you know, touchdown that they gave them some some life. They gave gave some life to that offense. Um and even though they gave up that that touchdown late, it's just the Bills they they found a way to do enough <laughs> to win this game. So um, good job by the Bills, but man, they're really pulling these these wins out of their behind this year. Now, tomorrow, Sunday, October 29th, we got a, a nice slate of NFL action, and Rams-Cowboys is going down at one. This is actually going to be a good game. I, I would love to watch this one. It's going to be at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, and I picked the Cowboys to win this one. I think the Cowboys really need to win this one. I think they're slightly the better team. Uh, it could it could really get frisky because the Rams are going to uh, Rams are going to score, and I don't know if the Cowboys have the uh, the the wherewithal to deal with the threat of Cup in in uh, Puka. But we shall see. I also don't think the Rams can deal with what the Cowboys will throw at them. So it'll be. It, I think it'll be a shootout. But I see the I see the Cowboys pulling this one out, and so that's why I went with them. Vikings Packers in Green Bay at Lambeau. I picked the Vikings. I think the the Vikings are a much better team uh, than the Packers this year. There's uh, more consistently consistency with the, uh, the Vikings, and if the Vikings win this one, I think that they'll actually continue to move up a level to to challenging the um, the uh, the Lions for the NFC North even more. This is a game where they should win, um, but if they lose this game, I think that it will really. It, it will probably really knock them out of contention. So I, I think this is a must a must win for them. As a three and five, that's going to be a tough hole for for them to get out of. But they they should be able to beat the Packers. If they can't beat the Packers, then there's some serious problems. Next game, I see the Saints and the Colts. Man. This was probably going to be fun. 
I don't think it's going to be we're, we're going to see any defense whatsoever, but it's probably going to be like the Browns Colts last week, uh, you know, high scoring, probably in the 30s, uh, because both teams can put points on the board. I, I think it's just going to be a, 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 a NBA, uh, you know, uh, Western Conference game where they're just going to be running, running up and down the field on one another. Um, but if if I was going to pick the winner to shoot out, I'm going with the Colts. And so uh, even with Gardner, uh, but I, there's something about the Saints that I just don't like. And so that's why I'm going with the Colts. Colts are going to compete. They're going to fight. The Saints could definitely win this game. It's NFC South versus AFC South. I, it, it's, it's not that the Saints can't win. I just think that the Colts, if you score 38 points on on uh, arguably the best defense in the NFL, I think that if they can put 38 on them, they can put 38 or more on this Saints offense. And so um, they just they just have to give that same effort. But we shall see. I'm going to go with the Colts and uh, hopefully they won't they won't make me regret it. <laughs> but that's the way this season's been going. Uh, it's hard to to count on the team game to game. And, and that, that's really what's defined to see is. You can't really count on a team this year uh, from a consistency standpoint. That's what's tough. Patriots, Dolphins, they're in Miami, and I got Dolphins rolling. I don't think that the Patriots still have an answer for what the Dolphins are going to roll out, and the Dolphins are probably going to be ticked off uh, after getting outclassed by Buffalo uh, the previous week. So they're going to have something to prove and a statement to make. This is a division rival game, and the Patriots struggle against the Dolphins anyway. It's just it's a style thing. Uh, you know, the Patriots, they're just they don't match up well in Miami, and they don't really know how to deal with that humidity uh, down there. So I'm, I'm thinking that there's a lot of forces that are working against the Patriots here. So Dolphins should take it. Um, Jets, Giants, New York battle. And I'm going to go with the Jets on this one. It's at MetLife. They both shared the stadium. Um, but, yeah, I'm going with the Jets. I think the Jets are a better team uh, overall. Um, Zach Wilson has has been looking okay. Um, he hasn't. He, he's 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 actually uh, looked a little bit more stable. I still don't think he's good, um, but he he's been looking more and more stable. And the defense is going is, is a big reason why the Jets um, are are a lot better than they probably should be. Uh, so I expect the Jets to probably beat the Giants in a in an ugly grind out uh, game. I just. It's hard to to uh, to to look at the Giants as being favorites in any game, just considering the disarray uh, that that they play with. You just you're never certain with that team. It, it just seems like they're really struggling to hold it together. And uh, even though they eked out a win against the Commanders, I don't think they'll have that same luck uh, playing the Jets. So I'm going with them. Jags Steelers in Pittsburgh. I'm going Steelers. Now watch Steelers lose because um, the Jags are going to play. Jags are five and two for a reason. I think it, 
I don't question their record because they're they're supposed to to go up a level. They're supposed to be at five and two or surprisingly six and one. I think they were they they had between the two the games that they lost, they had opportunities to be six and one. So but I'm gonna go Steelers here. Um just because I mean the way the Steelers have been playing, they they have no business having the record that they're having. And I d I don't know if the Jaguars can can be stable. Because you you have to be in order to beat the Steelers, you have to be stable, um, and you have to you have to remain like disciplined to your game plan, and you have to have something that that's almost indefensible, like that you can't really stop. And I don't think the Jaguars have that, and so if the Steelers again, if they can keep it close, they will steal this game from the Jaguars. Now, in this one, there will be no stealing. Eagles will dominate the Commanders, and they should dominate Commanders. And if they don't dominate the Commanders, then there are some serious issues with the Eagles. <laughs> and um, and it, again, it's not that the Commanders, they're, they're going to play with some pride, but like the Eagles are definitely a better team. Than the commanders, and so there, there's there will be a big red flag if the Eagles can't win this game. So that's my pick there. They're they're gonna be in uh in DC at FedEx Field. Uh, so uh, but the commanders are probably gonna gonna uh, get taken to the woodshed at home against Philly. Texans, Panthers. I'm gonna go with the Texans. I like the Texans. Um, I think they're playing. They're they're playing really hard. They've got some weapons at their disposal. C.J. Stroud is having a really great rookie year, and um, you know they may have found their guy. They just got to protect him, keep him healthy, coach him up good to where he makes smart, continues to make smart decisions, and, and remain poised. But they've got a good. I think they've got a strong running game. Um, C.J. Stroud is showing out, and I think defensively. They're physical and they're aggressive. Um, you can score on the Texans, but they it's not they're not necessarily an easy defense to play. And in this one, I don't think the Panthers really have anything to to match up with them. And so this should be a a, a win for the Texans. Now, I, I I didn't do the lines this week, so I should probably. <laughs> I should probably go back. So uh, for Cowboys, Rams, I know Vegas, the line was seven. Uh, favorite of Cowboys, uh, Packers, Vikings, the line was actually even, which makes sense because anything happened in that game. And this, you know, both teams, even though the Vikings are better, Vikings definitely could lose that game. Uh, so, yeah, Vegas was like, ugh, this is ugly. Uh, the line for Saints-Colts was two and a half in favor of New Orleans. Uh, for Patriots-Dolphins, line was nine and a half uh, favoring Miami. Jets-Giants, they had Jets by three. Jags-Steelers, it was Jacksonville by two. Uh, Eagles-Commanders, the line is seven, which it should definitely be is seven. Um, Texans-Panthers, that line is going to be Three and a half in favor of the Texans. So those are the lines for all my line people. <laughs> so yeah, 
Browns Seahawks. This is going to be a must see game. And uh, both teams are four and two. Both teams need this win. It, it's going to matter in their in their uh, respective divisions. And um, I don't think any either team can afford to lose this game. So we're going to see who wants it more. Um, I picked the Seahawks to win this game just because I with, with Geno at the helm against the Seahawks. Well, I mean, with the Seahawks. And the Browns, they're rolling out PJ again. If you have to go with the Seahawks here, if you're being objective, I love my Browns, and I think my Browns are going to give the the Seahawks a good game. Um, but it's just when you look at it objectively, especially for uh, f- from a, a, a statement of assets and 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 who we have versus who the Seahawks have. I, it's going to be tough for us to match their their. Uh, I, I think what they're going to do offensively. Now we yeah we did put up thirty nine against the Colts, but I don't think that we'll be able to do that um, necessarily against the Seahawks. And so in order for the Browns to beat the Seahawks, they're going to have to shut the Seahawks down a little bit. They're going to have to take away some of those weapons. They're going to have to uh, to 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 make Gino make bad decisions. Uh, that's that's how they're going to beat this the Seahawks team. They're going to have to get to Gino um, because from a offensive line standpoint, the Seahawks offensive line isn't necessarily that great. And so I think Garrett could probably get to uh, Gino. And we, we saw how Gino reacts to the rush uh, when uh, they played the Rams at, at – uh, at, uh, What's my what's my man's name? Uh, they they just rolled in there. I'm looking right at him, um, but uh, the leading rusher uh, for the Rams, uh, he ran in there and they were like, "Oh, <laughs> watch this go come to me." Uh, what I think about, but like Gino totally panicked when he saw him coming in there, and um, but that that's what's going to have to happen. That defense is really going to have to be aggressive. We're really going to have to uh, to challenge that offensive line, find the weaknesses and really, really bad, like really beat up that offensive line uh, to have a shot at winning the game. Um, I I want them to use Kareem Hunt more because he's he's got experience being a feature back. And that's why you have him in it. And now with uh with their with their other running back gone, um they're they're really gonna have to rely on Kareem on this one. So if I was them, they, it should it should really be run heavy, and then you know sip, do a lot of play action, a um, lot of lining up under center to kind of keep the defense honest. But th- this really does need to be more of a ground attack uh, and be a little bit creative. And and don't don't put PJ in situations where he has to throw the ball a lot. Like he should not be throwing the ball more than twenty times. We, but they when he does throw the ball, they need to be meaningful throws. But they they need, they really do need to have him on the throw count because if you got him throwing like thirty plus times, that's not good for for our team. We really do need to to keep this on the ground, 
try to control the clock and uh, give the Browns defense a chance to really kind of like just clamp down. Now, uh, if, if our defense gets overwhelmed by the Seahawks and we can, uh, we find ourselves down by 14, I, ugh, I don't like us playing from behind in that game. So they're, they're really going to have to keep it under 10 points, uh, you know, from a, from a gap standpoint to, to really have a shot. But if they can shut the Seahawks down, if they can ground the Hawks, then that's how they'll ultimately win this game. And uh, of course, the guy I was talking about was Aaron Donald. I just I was looking at his face. I was looking at his face, but uh, like I remember looking at uh, Kevin Hart. He was saying, "You know, you, you that type of person. You you your your finger famous. Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> what's his name? What's his name? I could." <laughs> It was. I was looking at him in my head, but I, I was thinking of every name but Aaron Donald. And I guess that's what happens uh, when you know when, when you're not as young. I'm still young. I'm only 41, but I, I, I'm not 21. Till so there is a difference. But yeah, so that's my pick. I, I love my brownies, but they're they're on the road. They're playing a Seahawks team that can't put up points. They're they're missing their their uh their first string quarterback. They're they're missing their their uh, dominant rusher. Um, I just there there are the, this one could be a tough tough one for them. So I'm being objective here. So my pick is the Seahawks. Bengals Niners. This one can get a little dicey. So. When the Niners lost that game, part of the issue was Brock Purdy um, probably wasn't 100% because later on this week we found out he was in concussion protocol because when he tried to do a goal, like a, um, I guess a short yardage play, and looked like they tried to do the, the tush push with Purdy, and his head collided with somebody else's head from the, uh, the Vikings. And um, so they want to make sure that he was OK. And that, that kind of made sense when it comes to parties, late game decisions and and the, and not just that, but like the delay of games that he got. There was one where he was just standing there and a guy kind of like just rushed in to signal like that. Hey, you know, that the clock is expired, but he just looked like he was somewhere else. Like he didn't even know that they were about to be out of time. He was just standing there. I thought I just there there had to be something going on with Purdy in that game. But again, the, he loses one game and everybody's like, oh, he's back to normal. Now he's losing two. It's like, oh, Purdy's terrible. Get him out of there. But I just think that you're gonna it's like it's football. You're you're not going to be perfect. Brady wasn't perfect. You know, Peyton Manning struggled early uh, as a quarterback. You know, it's going to happen, um, especially when in, in the game against the Browns, we took out Debo and Christian McCaffrey. So that's like that's those are important pieces of of your offense. And I mean, they still almost won the game. If he makes that field goal, then they're saying that the Niners escape uh, in Cleveland and Purdy has this late drive to put them in position. So he didn't have his best game, but he did what he what he was supposed to to put them in position to win. So if you're looking at that Browns game to try and say, oh, Purdy's back to normal, I just think it's he's 
it's not always going to be a good game for him. And in the game that they lost, I mean, it just you can't just blame Purdy. The the Niners were playing sloppy from the get go in that game. So I think that the from a it was a team loss. They all, they they didn't play well enough to win on in all phases of the game. But and this one is going to get dicey. They're at home. The Niners are uh, the Bengals. They strung together some wins. And so they're they're it looks like they're starting to get their wind and stuff. So, so now that the ba- the Bengals have, have now entered the chat, and so we're this game could go either way. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be back and forth. And while the um, while the Niners could lose this game, I also think that um, that they could win it as well and so I'm going to go uh with the Niners. I just no no I actually picked the Bengals. I picked the Bengals. So I would go with the Bengals. I had it written down on the sheet. I wanted I my heart wants to go with the Niners, but I just from what they showed in Minnesota it's it's I'm gonna go I, I my pick was the Bengals and so I'm gonna stick with my pick. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh Gonna change it, but the Niners could win. But I think the Bengals are probably going to uh, make life tough on that defense. I, I feel like the Browns expose something uh, with that defense, and um, but it's a, it's about if you can capitalize on it. And the Bengals do have weapons that they can utilize against that Niners D. So gonna give the edge to the Bengals, uh, but we'll see what happens. So Falcons, Titans, this one's in Tennessee, and um, this one is going to be a little interesting. I picked the Titans, and I'm kind of regretting that, especially because of the talk of of Derrick Henry potentially getting traded or, um, you know, Hopkins, Tannehill's not not necessarily playing, I don't believe, so they're going to play Levis, but I just – I don't trust the Falcons. <laughs> that's that's really why I'm going with the Titans because I just I don't trust the Falcons. I want to say the Falcons, but they're they I just can't get there. So I'm going to go with the Titans, and they could definitely lose the game. But I just I, I don't trust the Falcons at all, especially with that Ritter cat playing quarterback. So I, I just can't do it. Um, Chiefs Broncos. Chiefs are going to win this game. I, I their their Broncos have a five percent chance of winning this game. I think the only way the Broncos can really win this game is if both Mahomes and Kelsey go down, and that that's that's pretty much, or or Mahomes just tries to get really cute and throws four interceptions. And that's the only reason why they would probably have a chance against the Chiefs. But if we're going head-to-head matchup-wise, this is a blowout. Chiefs probably win this game by 20. Um, and so, But we sh- we'll find out what kind of game this is going to be uh, after the first quarter. So 
that that's my uh, take on this one. I feel bad for the Broncos fans. They gonna get they gonna see their team get their behind whip uh, in uh, in Denver, but it is what it is. They they playing they playing the champs, and uh, this is they're they're catching the Chiefs are catching the Broncos at a good time, and so um, they're they're just continue to build momentum. They'll be seven and one, and um, I think they'll probably have the best record. Um, depending on how the other teams do, they'll probably have the best record in the league. So well, potential after this week, there's there's potential for them to have the best record uh, in the NFL at seven and one. I think the only the only other team that um, that they would that they would probably be tied with would be uh, the Eagles. And so because Eagles are six and one, too, if they win, then they'll be seven and one. So the Chiefs and the Eagles will be will be uh, tops in their particular uh, conferences. So the Eagles are seven and one. They'll definitely be tops in the NFC if the, uh, you know, and I think that I mean, they're already tops. But if the uh, if the Chiefs win, they'll definitely be tops in the AFC. So good game. Well, fun, fun game if you're a Chiefs fan. Terrible game if you're a Broncos fan. Uh, Taylor's not going to be there, I don't believe, uh, but it, uh, it it's it is going to be a good win for the Chiefs. Ravens, Cardinals. This should be another La, uh, Lamar Jackson showcase. I think this is a a game where the Ravens need to take care of business. They should win this game handily. Um, oh yeah, let me go back to do the lines. Uh, the line for uh, Brown Seahawks. That was three and a half. Bengals Niners. The uh, the the Niners actually uh, are favored by five and a half. Uh, Atlanta's favored by two and a half in Tennessee, and the Chiefs are favored by seven in Denver. And I think that line should probably be like fourteen because <laughs> it's not going to be close. It's not going to be close. So yeah, they that that should probably get larger. Like, how's the Ravens Cardinals game? How are how's Baltimore uh being favored by nine and a half? How how are the Ravens getting more love than the Chiefs? It make it make sense. Um, but yeah, so Ravens they 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 should dominate the Cardinals. It's gonna be in Arizona, um, but it's the same thing for Chiefs Broncos Cardinals fans. They're just gonna have to to watch their that team get beat up. Um, but this is a game that the Ravens should win and that and that they need to win uh, because I feel like if they drop this one, then they open a door uh, for, um, you know, another team in that AFC North to catch up. Like they have to continue to win uh, because everybody in that division is is uh, is good or better than expected. So if they want to stay on top, they got to take care of business. Sunday night football, we got Bears, Chargers, and this is probably going to be the least exciting Sunday night football game um, because, again, you're – I can see if it was – when they made this, they were expecting to see Justin Fields versus, uh, versus Herbert. But now that Fields is out with that hand injury – this game is going to be a stinker, and uh, I it's not a game that I probably necessarily want to watch. 
So let, let's let's say that. I mean, I might turn it on just to see what's going on, but it's not a game that I probably want to watch all the way through. And um, so this is a good this is a good movie night. This is a good night to do something else. Um, but yeah, I, this is not the best game. If there was ever a flex that needed to happen, this would be a flex game. Like they probably should have threw a Bengals Niners on Sunday night football or Brown Seahawks. That would have been a really good Sunday night football game uh, for, you know, for people to see. Hey, you, you probably could have threw Jag Steelers in there. I think people would probably be more apt to, to watch that game or Rams Cowboys. Like there are other games that they could have put in that slot. And quite frankly, there's probably still time to, to make it happen. Uh, to to flip it a little bit, but they're probably not going to do that. So everybody nationally is going to see the, the 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 Bears play this Chargers team. And now I will say this: in regards to the pick, the Chargers should win this game. Chargers should win this game. I picked the Chargers to win this game. They should win this game. Uh, the line is Chargers by eight and a half, and I think that's a good line. Uh, Chargers can't beat the Bears. Chargers are done. Like they, this. If they lose this game, then they should be eliminated from playoff contention. Not that they're probably going to make the playoffs anyway, but this should eliminate them from playoff contention. Uh, if they lose to the backup quarterback uh, commanding Bears, uh, then that, that's going to say something. But Chargers, Justin Herbert, Mr. Commercials, uh, so they, they, they should win this game. And then uh, Monday Night Football, Lions – Hosting the Raiders at Ford Field in Detroit is going to be raucous. Uh, Hi, Zach, Nate, and Caleb is going to be great. And I, I picked the Lions to win this game. The Lions are a better team. Uh, the Raiders, they're they're in disarray. Jimmy Garoppolo is is hurt, and I, I like Josh Jacobs at running back, but. They they've got some the Raiders have some some issues to work out. Um, I just don't think that they're uh that they're a they're probably a slightly below average team overall. And this is a game that the Lions could really take advantage of that, especially at home, and get to six and two because that's really going to give them probably a commanding lead in that division. And it'll it'll make it tougher, put some space between them and the Vikings. Uh, so. This is the game that the Lions should win. The line is Detroit by eight. And so go Lions, beat them at home, give those Detroit fans something to cheer about. And that is week eight. Hey, everybody. Damon here. I've written many books, and one is a children's book called Watch Your Temper. We all get angry when things don't go our way. But how we handle it is what really matters. When Brandon and Trick get into a squabble, the dad teaches them an important lesson about what happens when anger goes unchecked. If you want to read this book to your kids, if you want to acquire this book, go to smithbooks77.square.site. Pick it up, read it to your little ones, teach them about how to handle anger the right way and not the wrong way.
pick up a copy of my book, Watch Your Temper Today. We all get angry when things don't go our way, but how we handle it is what really matters. When Brandon and Trent get into a squabble, their dad teaches them an important lesson about what happens when anger goes unchecked. It's a great story about learning how to resolve issues peacefully and the danger of reacting in anger. Uh, it's, it's especially valuable for children who are learning a, a about how to control their emotions, especially things like anger. So pick it up on Amazon and you can also go to my website. The link is in the description of the podcast. Get a copy today and put some sunlight into your bookshelf. In assorted news, baseball is has reached its final act the world series is going on and it's the texas rangers and the arizona diamondbacks playing for the pennant and the uh the rangers the rangers are one and oh heading into game two and uh they're playing tonight uh on fox and so uh i didn't see this coming I did not see that these two teams were going to win, but um, hey, it's, it's probably pretty good for you know for the fans of of, of these teams, and um, you know, I guess if I was to pick which one I wanted to win, I would probably go with the Rangers. I I, I think the um, that the 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 Texas fans are probably overdue for a win. Uh, in in baseball, it, it would be really nice. I think that uh, they would there would be a major celebration in Texas, and so. Uh, but we shall see again with baseball. Baseball is always a uh, like a sport that's just tough to predict, just because of the just er- everything that could that could take place and that could happen. So, um, but. It should be a good showcase. Again, we've got the we got the uh, the the trifecta uh, going on. This is the the sweet spot in in sports where because uh, October is where you've got football, baseball, and basketball. The big three uh, going. To, you know, to, to everybody's you know playing. Everybody you get to see all the stars, um, and it, it's a unique month for for sports. So. That's what's cool. Uh, looks like it's been an exciting season. And I think the pitch clock made a difference. I, I really do think that the pitch clock made a difference. It, it made the games move. Uh, you can't just, you know, just kind of hang out at the plate and you've got you to let that thing go. And I think that it's, it's really causing a little bit more uh, excitement. Uh, and so... At least moving a little bit faster. And I think that's probably something that the fans will appreciate. So, uh, looks like it's been a great season. And I'm going to pick the, again, going with the Rangers. So, uh, we'll, we'll see how they do. NBA season has started and we, we've had a couple of games so far. And, um, again, the Lakers, they're one and one. And they, they played the Nuggets. In the fur in the opener, and um, and then they played the 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 Suns, 
uh, I think either last night or the night, or the night before. And the the big factor is going to be AD again. Um, AD in that game against the the uh, the Nuggets, he didn't score in the second half. Uh, he just he went totally cold. And again, I just I felt like if if this is the guy that they're trying to that they're calling the future of of that Lakers franchise or the one that they want to lead uh this this particular era of the Lakers they're not going anywhere um because again they they just don't know what they're going to get from him on a nightly basis and against top tier competition you're playing the NBA champions and you come out and that was the team that swept you last year. You would think that you'd have a chip on your shoulder and be like, oh, man, I'm going to come out and I'm going to go at uh, Jokic and I'm going to show him who's boss. And you do that. It just it it looks bad. The optics aren't great. Uh, I know it's only one game, but one game can be telling. And I even put it on, on, on my social media like, uh. They, they, you know, if I'm, if I'm Polinka, I, I probably need to make some calls um, because, I mean, how long are you going to, to, to stand pat with AD considering that he's always an injury risk and then when he's not an injury risk, uh, he doesn't always seem like he's completely locked in um and that he's not consistently dominant and um you you can't really say that he's going to lead the team to a championship when he has that it's like you got you got three ad's you got dominant ad you got passive ad and you got street clothes ad <laughs> and the ones that i think that that the fans have seen more of are passive and street clothes AD. He'll 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 turn up dominant AD like he did uh in in Phoenix, but I mean, it's hard to get dominant AD. He doesn't always show his face and in order for them to realistically win an NBA championship, dominant AD has got to be a constant. He he's got to be the the regular that's what you're going to get night in and night out uh when you when you play the Lakers oh man that's just not happening and even even in that game like the the uh the Suns they didn't have Booker they didn't have Beal uh Booker's dealing with uh what they're saying is his that injury that he's got is is not just a ticky tack injury and so um we'll see how that progresses and I mean Bill he, that's another one is is probably always injured uh, in a sense. So, but even with all of that, it took the Lakers really locking in to beat Kevin Durant without those two because he 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 went for almost forty. He had thirty nine, and I mean they lost by five. So you would think that the Lakers should be should have dominated that game, but. They, they uh, felt like they it was a hard fought win, and, and uh, if if that's what's going to happen, then they're in trouble. But another part of the Lakers' issues is that when you look at their at the stat sheet and look at their their makes and, and primarily their misses, especially from three point range, the the characters have changed, 
but the issue remains the same. They just they can't make three pointers uh, with regularity, I, and um, I think that's really a big problem for the amount of threes that they take. There, you see a lot of 0 for 6s, 0 for 2, 0 for 3, 1 for 5, 2 for 7. You, you see a lot of that, and that's that's going to lose more games than win games. So they're going to have to figure out a way to make that better. Uh, if they're going to take those shots, if not, they should probably specialize in being maybe a more mid-range team uh, attacking the paint kind of team because three point wise they're they're ugly from from three so that that's my two cents on the on that one but they're one and one they they played definitely better uh than they played in in Denver against uh you know so that that's something to to smile about now I, I'm watching the Wimby show because every game Wimby does like he's only played two games so far but I was watching you know preseason games but Wimby's doing stuff, and it, he's fun to watch. Now, in this game uh, that they played the Rockets, the him blocking the dunk and then following up and blocking it again, and he has this move where he's you know he's he he's baseline and like he 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 spins like he he's posting up and he spins and goes under the rim, but it's like he's on the other side of the rim, but his arms are so long where he just dunks over the guy. Like that's gonna be near impossible to stop, and if he gets that position, you gotta know that if he can if he can win with regularity, there's just there's just nothing you're gonna be able to do, and so teams are gonna have to figure out a way to close that back door because if he gets to that back door, that's two. You might as well just go back down the court because he's he's gonna dunk that. Like you can't. He's too long for you to be able to extend far enough to be able to stop that dunk. And I mean, then with Wimby doing alley oops, it's it looks like it's it's easy to alley oop Wimby because he's he can use that that height advantage from a leverage perspective. He's just he's he's fun to watch. I'm I'm of course it's also scary to watch Wimby because he's he's just all legs and arms and he dribbles awkward and he moves. It's just, you're, you're afraid like he's something's going to snap in half on him any minute. And so it's just, I'm trying to enjoy the Wimby experience for however long it lasts. It can only last like a couple of weeks. And then he has the serious injury. And next thing you know, he's, he's shut down for the season or he could just, just be on a tear and win rookie of the year. And just dominate like I mean when he's out there that really makes teams have to have the game plan I mean because of that length and he he is a lot more coordinated than um than I think most big men his size are and so that could potentially be uh be devastating for teams too but I I I, I still don't like him taking the amount of threes that he takes but I, I, I'm glad that that he is he's got more of an offensive repertoire uh, to where he's not just uh, close to the basket. And those are only shots that he can make. Um, again, I want him to have a sky hook just because, you know, again, I, uh, 
be growing up in the 80s, I got to see a little bit of Kareem and, you know, and then researching that sky hook and, and watch it and seeing him, you know, younger Kareem and some of those clips. I mean, at 7'4", I'll still say he's 7'5", but at 7'4", I mean, if Wimby had the sky hook, who's, who's stopping that? <laughs> Realistically, if he can master it, I'm like, come on, Wimby, get, get that sky hook. But, uh, but yeah, I just, that's the main thing. And I've been having an issue with, uh, with him in rebounding because his rebound numbers haven't necessarily been great, uh, going into the Rockets game. He had 12 against the Rockets. Um, so to me, that was better. But I just, I think it's a height bias thing. I, it's a height assumption thing because for him to be that tall, you just look at it like, oh man, yeah, he should get, he should average twenty five rebounds a night. Like, I mean, he's he's the tallest guy on the court. He should easily grab those rebounds. But I have to remember that the 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 art of rebounding isn't just about height. It's about instincts. It's about awareness. It's about reflex. And um, though it's like you you have to have a sense for for the ball if you're going to be a good rebounder. So uh, there's more to it than that. And so it's, I, I do have the tendency to look at, at height and be like, oh, yeah, man, you should <laughs> grab every ball. But there's more to it. So it's it's fun to watch. Luca's on the tear. Luca's been 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 lighting it up uh, in the in the past couple of games. I still don't think that Dallas is going to probably make a whole lot of noise. But this is a this is probably a statement year for for Luca because um people are starting to question his ability and, and um and whether or not he can lead a team to a to significance in the NBA. And so for him, I think that he he really needs to to show and prove and he's looking good so far. Um and despite the loss, I like that Rockets team. They got a lot of they got a lot of uh, a lot of spice on that team. I like Amen Thompson and and, and, and Parker and uh, they got a good team. Um if they can string it together and, and maybe even get a little bit more stability, they're gonna be a team uh, to reckon with. So a lot of a lot of good stuff uh going on. Um I was I was checking in on Ben Simmons to see what he was doing, and uh, he had one game where he had uh, I think nine rebounds and ten assists, and uh, but he had like four points. And I'm like, how do you like four points? And he only took six shots. I'm like, come on, dude! Like at least give the Nets ten. If you can give the Nets ten points, then that's cool. You know, if you don't want to score a lot, that's cool. But they need those ten points. Because uh, they were playing my Cavs, and my Cavs beat them by, like, two. And so if you're looking at that score and you're looking at Ben Simmons, you're like, dude, if you score, if you just had made two more buckets, then we could have won this game. Like, <laughs> it's that real. It's like you can't just have four points. Come on, man. Like, what? what are you doing? So, but, you know, it's only been two games so far. Uh, lots to lots to talk about. I like SGA. Uh, you know, is is looking great. He's got he's got a lot of good game. Um, you know, again the 
you know, the Pelicans, it looked like they got some energy uh, to them. The Hawks are in the mud. Uh, and I just, I don't know what the Sixers are going to do. I know it's too early to kind of tell with them, but I just, I don't feel great about the Sixers, but we shall see. And um, Bucks, I, th- I think the uh, Giannis and uh, Dame experiment is going to work out fine too. I think that's going to be a, a fun team uh, to watch. But it, it's still early. It's just great to have NBA basketball back. Uh, and I'm excited to see how things play out uh, this year. I think it's uh, it's definitely going to be exciting. It's it's. I still think it's up for grabs. I know that the Nuggets are probably favored and they look like they could repeat. Um, but I, I still feel like it's wide open this year. So... Lots of uh, lot lots of of teams have an opportunity to really make a leap and um, and, and show out, and so uh, it's, the championship isn't a given. And then I, I look forward to seeing the uh, the tournament uh, come into play this year too. I wonder what that's going to do uh, for uh, competition, because again, they're going to be playing for something. So. That'll be fun to see. I'm glad they have like a little in-season tournament just to add a little bit more spice to the season because it is long and it gives a good portion of those games some meaning uh, to them, especially when it's 82. Just like the baseball season, like I like I, I prefer watching the playoffs, but like when you're going through just the season, especially like like May, June. It's like those those are kind of like who cares games. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're they're like who cares games because they're like eighty like they gotta play so many games. So and, and it's like with the NBA, like when you get into like uh, the the fall month, like the, the winter months, probably like uh, you know December or January. Those games are are kind of who cares too. So. <laughs> Because they're they're early, they're too early enough to really have significant meaning in regards to whether a team will make the playoffs or not. Like you, you when it comes to basketball, you really want to start paying attention um, in February because um, you're around that All Star break season, and that's where you're really able to kind of see. Who's good for real? Who's got who who has a realistic chance of making the playoffs and who's just out of it like they're done. And you can tell right away uh, with certain teams. And so that that's kind of how I feel about basketball. But the first month, like October through November, like the first two months, October through November, it's really exciting. Uh, because, you know, everybody's probably the freshest that they're going to be. And um, you, there's so much possibility and, and hope and intrigue. So it, it's always electrifying the first two months. So looking forward to following and and um, enjoying the, the, the basketball. Now, boxing wise, um, we got uh, Fury versus Nagano going on. And it's an entertainment match. It's, it's not a match that that should be taken seriously, um, but at the same time, it, it's a it's a type of fight that 
will will bring some kind of some kind of intrigue because Nagano was a uh, was a dominant MMA champ, and then Fury, you know, he's undefeated uh, in you know in boxing in the ring. So there there are two giants in their sports going head to head, and both guys have power. And Nagano looks like the kind of guy that could, if he catches Fury White, you know, knock him down or knock him out. So there's a little bit of a threat there, but because of of the the differences between MMA and uh, and, and boxing, this match favors Tyson Fury all the way, especially because Fury truly is a boxer in a sense where he's got he's got boxing skill. He doesn't look like he would have it, uh, but he's got boxing skill. He knows how to work a jab. Uh, he knows position. He knows footwork. Um, he can he 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 can lay it on. You know, he he can really put together a string of punches and do combinate like he he's he's a boxer. He knows how to evade. He he's got good head movement, uh good body movement. He knows how to th- you know how to do feints. He's got reach. He's he's got a lot of advantages. And I just, I think Nagano is, is, is going to be outclassed in this one, but it's an entertainment fight. And, you know, the, we didn't ask for it. I didn't want it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Fury fighting uh, Usyk in December. But in regards to this, uh, I'm going to chalk that win up to Fury. Nobody's expecting, uh, you know, Francis to 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 really do great against him, even though he was being trained by Tyson and by uh, Teddy Atlas. Um, you know, we got to see that journey a little bit, which is cool. They gave him some good boxing tools, but come on, you're, you're facing the, the world champion, you know, the heavyweight champion. He's a champ for a reason. And yeah, it's Fury's hard to hurt. I mean, I just, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't see it working for him. So that is that. And uh, that'll do it for this podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, for, for tuning in. Uh, spread the word. God bless. God keep you. Remember, keep Jesus first in your life. And um, it's not too late. No matter what you've done, Jesus, is, Jesus has died. His blood has, and he's risen. His blood has saved uh, you know, and washed away all of our sins and his blood can wash away your sins. He can save you as well. You just got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that uh, Jesus is Lord. I uh, believe that that his death, burial and resurrection was enough, that the blood was enough to pay uh, the, uh, you know, for the, the, the price of sin. Uh, to that and uh, be able to to wash it away uh, so that there will be no more uh, hostility between man and God uh, so there will be no hostility between you and God and uh, if you believe in Christ the death burial and resurrection you'll be saved read Romans 10 9 through 13 you want to get saved that scripture will tell you how to get saved and when you truly believe and and confess the holy spirit comes in and you will you will begin to as you walk with him you will begin to to experience change you you true believers are are marked by love 
but you can all they're also marked by clear evident change uh, in behavior in lifestyle and all those things so uh, those are that's the true believers if you're a true believer then you can't you it's impossible for you to to fully go back to how you used to be because of what has happened to you. He, he changes your life. He changes your tune. He changes, uh, what, what, how you see your environment situations and, and the, and the people that, that you allow into your sphere will ultimately have to change, um, because he's renewing your mind. He's, he's giving you a new heart. So I mean, preach, but. <laughs> I just, I just felt the need to say that. So uh, it's not too late. You don't have forever to come to Jesus, but the door is still open. So take advantage of that. Give your life uh, to him. Uh, allow God and, and be reconciled to the father uh, so that you can have relationship with him. All right. So God bless. God keep you. Talk to you soon. Take care.